The Alabama Crops Report podcast, your trusted information source for Alabama agriculture. Hey everybody, welcome in to another episode of the Alabama Crops Report podcast. I'm Scott Graham. And I'm Kaylin Kessheimer, and we are back with another episode with up-to-date information about Alabama crops this year. You'll be hearing from Extension personnel from all over the state with the latest research and management recommendations. Hey Scott, how's it going? Oh, pretty good. How about you? Good. Yeah, we're slowly getting into planting season, and we just had some prospective plantings released yesterday. So today we have two special guests. It's an exciting episode. We have Dr. Wendy M. Sawadigo, who is an assistant professor and extension economist with responsibilities in agricultural marketing. We also have Dr. Adam Rabinowitz, who is an assistant professor and extension economist with responsibilities in production and policy. So welcome, Wendy M. How are you? Doing well. Scott and Kaylin, thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for coming on and talking with us today. So I know the uh, USDA Prospective Planning Report just came out on March 31st. So tell us a little bit about that. You know, the main thing was there hasn't been as much change as you might have otherwise thought. You know, with crop prices as high as they've been this spring compared to last year, um, I would have thought that there would have been a lot more corn and soybean acres planted. Um, But we're looking at 91 million corn acres nationwide, which is identical to what we had last year, and about uh, 88 million soybean acres, which would be about 5% up from last year, but that's not quite as much I would have expected given the $5 increase in prices. So what, uh, what about in Alabama? What, are, what do our farmers say they intend to plant this year? You know, they're saying similar to what we've seen nationwide, not too much change. Um, we're looking at about... Um, 2.2 million acres of cropland total. Um, That is up a bit above the 2.13 million we had last year, but corn acreage, 330,000 acres would be identical to what was planted last March um, or last spring. Uh, Soybean acres, about 290,000 acres would be 10,000 acres more than last year. Uh, Cotton acres, 450,000 would be the same as last year. So the biggest difference, I would say, is with winter wheat, where last fall, uh, farmers planted about 180,000 acres total, which is much greater than the 135,000 a year before that. And so that's about a 33% increase in wheat acreage um, in the last year. So speaking of wheat, I know we've seen a decrease over several years with wheat. So are we back up to where we have been in previous years, or is this much higher than we're used to seeing? We're getting back to the territory we were um, in the past uh, three years, um, before three years ago. So what about the planting estimates released by USDA? Are those different from those put out by particular commodity groups? Yes, that's a great question. So there are a lot of commodity groups um, in the southeast. Cotton and peanuts are big in particular. And so the National Cotton Council, they have a survey in December and January that asks farmers what they expect to plant cotton-wise in the spring. They were looking at about 11.3 million acres nationwide. Uh, To compare that with the USDA report, the USDA report found about um, 11.9 million acres of upland cotton. So we're dealing with about about 600,000 acre difference in the United States. And I would say the main difference there is that Cotton prices at the time of that report were in the 75 cent range. Now we're talking about high 80 cents. So, you know, about a 15 cent difference could make a lot in terms of farmers planning incentions. So you don't think those are one one number's right, one number's wrong. You think they're just different based on when the reports were released, most likely. 
Yeah, that's exactly it. You know, it's if you, you ask someone what they're going to do in the future and they do something different, it could be that they were lying to you or it could be that situation just <laughs> changed. You mentioned cotton prices and a few other acreage. What about peanuts this year? So nationwide, we're looking at about 1.63 million acres of peanuts uh, compared to about 1.66 million last year. And that's what the USDA reported. That's a lot different than what um, state agronomists um, from you know, Alabama, Georgia, uh, Texas, and South Carolina have said. They seem to think peanut acreage is going to be down about 10,000 acres, um, lower than the USDA report. So how about uh, soybeans? What are, what are the kind of agronomists and things? Are there any difference there? Yeah, so for corn and soybeans, uh, those are our two biggest crops um, acreage-wise in the United States. So a lot of ag economists will have opinions on that. And, you know, the takeaways seem to be before the release of the report that we would have about roughly equal corn and soybean acreage. Um, corn acreage is typically higher, but with soybean prices so high, um, maybe evening those out a little bit. Also thinking we'd have closer to 93 million acres for each of those two crops. Now the report seems to indicate that soybean acreage will be closer to 88 million and corn closer to 91 million. So, you know, as uh, was expected by, I'd say, um, academics, the markets, um, ag industry people in general, we're not going to have quite that much acreage. So that's that was pretty telling um, to what happened with regards to the markets. Wendy, so what I'm hearing is things are going to stay pretty similar to 2020. But you also mentioned people telling lies, prices changing. <laughs> what if if our listeners need to know one take home message for for prospective plantings this year? What would you want them to know? There's always something unexpected. So last year, obviously after the prospective planning, COVID kind of hit. So things can always change. But what farmers plant in the ground is sort of the first step to what they'll end up harvesting and what prices will be in the fall. So while weather and all that stuff can impact stuff, this is the planting decision is sort of the first big step of a long series of decisions for this year's uh, markets. Great. And you mentioned COVID, which gives us a nice segue to our other guest, Adam, who will be talking about the Coronavirus Food Assistance Program. Well, hey, Adam, welcome in. How's it going today? Things are going really good today. So I've been hearing about this CFAP, a Coronavirus Food Assistance Program. What is it and who benefits from it? Sure. So the, the Coronavirus Food Assistance Program, which uh, is, has been released by the USDA, we call that CFAP, um, that was, was first introduced back in kind of May of, of 2020 uh, in response to the, the pandemic. So it, it is to provide assistance to agricultural producers who um, have risk of producing commodities um, and have had market impacts. So I know the USDA, you know, recently just announced uh, the reopening of the CFAP two program. Uh, what, why did that occur? Yeah, Scott. So th- that was a, a very interesting um, issue that came up. It, it's under the new administration. Um, the CFAP two was originally closed last December of 2020, 
And the new administration took a look at that in terms of the distribution of benefits, um, as well as some additional benefits that uh, Congress had made eligible for agricultural producers in later in December of 2020. Um, and they tried to look at how they could really allocate those benefits equitably. Um, and so the, it really, by reopening CFAP2, it addressed both of these concerns. One is that uh, allowed some is going to allow producers to sign up for the program because the USDA felt that some producers did not originally know about CFAP2 and did not take advantage of that. Um, it also allows producers to revise applications under certain circumstances where um, they have had received insurance indemnities or uh, NAP or, or WIP plus payments. Um, these were based on disasters that occurred in 2019. And so if they received those payments, then they have become now eligible for additional payments. And then also just some additional assistance for things like contract growers, livestock, uh, and poultry in particular. Um, and on the row crop side, uh, there's an automatic payment of $20 an acre that will be provided. Now that CFAP2 is reopened, what can our producers, specifically row crop producers in Alabama, expect from this program? Sure, Caitlin. Um, you know, row crop producers, and, and I'll be more specific to it, really encompasses pretty much all of those crops. Um, for Alabama, we're talking those that produce barley, buckwheat, canola, corn, upland cotton, peanuts, sorghum, soybean, wheat, but even hemp, which we may not always think about as a row crop, but that is included in the row crop segment. Those producers, that if they had previously applied for CFAP2, then they don't need to do anything additional. They can expect to receive an automatic payment of $20 an acre. For those that did not apply previously, then they can go ahead to go to farmers.gov website or their local FSA office beginning April 5th, and they can sign up at that time. Fantastic. That was my next question is where can they get more information? So thanks for that. Absolutely. I'll say, too, that they can also come to ACES.edu, uh, and, and you know, we have information about the program as well. Great. Well, you know, kind of on that same line there, what, what kind of advice do you have for producers about the, the coming up crop year? So there have been a, a lot of, of government programs over the last few years, and um, you know, the, the big thing that I think the producers need to remember and to focus on is just going back to typical risk management strategies for marketing. Um, we don't know certainly what the impact of COVID-19 is going to be moving forward, but uh, the, you know, things are looking positive on the row crop side where prices have increased um, and trade has increased and there's been a lot of good opportunities. But I think now's really a, a time to remember those fundamental strategies, those fundamental marketing strategies. Um, and I'll actually kind of toss things back over to, to Wendy here, if that's okay. And, and um, he can talk about where, where prices have been recently. So prices really increased following the release of the USDA's prospective planting report. We saw corn futures prices increase 25 cents um, on March 31st following the release of the report. Cotton for December of 21 increased by about 1.2 cents per pound and soybean prices up about 70 cents on the November's future contract. That's great information. Thanks, Wendy, and thanks, Adam, for joining us today on the Alabama Crops Report podcast. And like you heard, you can go to aces.edu for more information or farmers.gov for more information specifically on the coronavirus food assistance program. The Alabama Crops Report podcast is a production of the Alabama Cooperative Extension System and is sponsored by Alabama Ag Credit.